Earth Search, a ten-part adventure serial in time and space by James Follett. In their search for clues to explain the disappearance of the planet Earth, the crew of the Starship Challenger have visited the derelict first footprint city on the moon. They learn from the moon sentinel that a million years have passed in the solar system since the Challenger left Earth. The four decide to search for their spiritual home, but the sentinel believes they are the enemies of Earth and must be destroyed. Earth Search Part 3, Sands of Kairos. Allowing all four of them to go down to the moon's surface was a mistake, number one. They have been gone five hours. If they have been trying to call us, the dome would appear to be an effective radio screen. We have heard nothing, and we have seen nothing. It was necessary for them to go, number two. We agreed. We could have dispatched a soft landing instrument package. Only people can explore those cities, number two. We need knowledge. We're the Challenger's control systems. Without knowledge, we are nothing. Without the crew, we are nothing. Or the Earth, number two. Telson and the others are our only hope of discovering what has become of the Earth. For once, we must put as much faith in them as they put in us. We must be patient. Take out everything that could be an air conditioning duct. Not just the grills. You cannot stop here, pumps. The air pressure is still dropping. In ten minutes, you will all be dead. Just like the others. Cease firing, everyone! Ah, we're wasting our power packs. We've got to knock out the Sentinel Central System. Which could be anywhere in this gallery. Yeah. Unless it's like the farm galleries on the Challenger Tesla. In which case, there might be an environmental control unit in the centre of the dome. Oh, but then the entire complex would disintegrate, taking us Oh, with we us. don't have much choice. What? Now, listen, when I give the word, we all fire at the centre of the roof. I have detected a ship orbiting the moon. Is it your ship? It's heavily armed. It will destroy you if we don't return. Now, get ready. Make sure your PTs are fully recharged. Wait. I was given a specific program to follow after the evacuation of the solar system to destroy all aliens attempting to discover the whereabouts of the planet Earth. The program does not permit me to evaluate my own survival. Your bodies will be placed outside for your own time to recover. Now! There's a whole section of roof coming! I didn't know where to aim your weapons. There are 
are our design similarities with our ship. Maybe you believe us now when we say that the Challenger was built by the people of Earth. I recognized it immediately as a primitive Earth origin starship. That does not mean that you are of Earth. You could have captured it. Tell me, Sentinel, if you don't believe that we, or at least our grandparents, are from the Earth, then where do you think we're from? I have no information on the enemies of Earth. Only that they existed. Half a million years ago, Sentinel. Yes, when the Earth left the solar system. Then how do you know that they still exist? I have no information. My program is there to destroy any beings passing this way that ask questions about the Earth's whereabouts or pretend to be of Earth. I have also to maintain the library of the Solaric Empire until the sun becomes a nova. There is a conflict. How can there be? Look at us, Sentinel. You can see us? I see everything. We're from Earth. Isn't that obvious? Does the Earth still exist? Sentinel. I have no information. We're wasting our time. So what happens now? You will return to your shuttle. The traction guidance system will lift you into a matching orbit with your mothership, just as it steered you down. I will tell you one thing. If you are of Earth, as you say, then you will think as the people of Earth thought. You will act as the people of Earth acted. And therefore the clues will be easy for you to follow. And so we had no option but to return to the Challenger, Angel One. It's certain that the Sentinel doesn't know where the Earth went, only that it went half a million years ago, if you can make any sense of that. I have conferred with Angel Two. Our data on the characteristics of time was lost during the great meteoroid strike. Several billion megabytes of information were destroyed. An admission from our beloved angels that they are not infallible. We see no point in concealing the truth from you. I'll tell you about the truth, Angel One. Dove. No, it's got to be said, Tilson. If you won't, then I will. This ship was supposed to have been away for 420,000 Earth years, which would have been the equivalent of 50 years shipboard time. Instead, we've been gone 115 years shipboard time, and one million years have passed on Earth, wherever it is and if it still exists. Why did you allow Telson to extend the Challenger's voyage when he became commander? Or didn't you know that time and space are related? So much information was lost during the great meteoroid strike. I see. So now that you've virtually admitted that you're not infallible, you're going to blame everything on the great meteoroid strike. Oh, what's that noise? What noise, Darth? A, a sort of pulsing sound. I can't hear anything. Can you enter one? I hear a million sounds all the time, Commander. All the sounds of the ship. There is no sound to tell that there is something wrong. Oh, but you must be able to hear it. Listen. Darth. Darth, are you all right? Not again. Please. Darth. Darth? Yes, Angel One. I think you're overtired. Do you think that is a possibility? Mm. Uh, it, it's been a long day, Angel One. Perhaps if I was to sleep for a few hours. I, I didn't realize how tired I am. And, Darth, after you have slept, after I've slept. Oh, yes. 
a few days helping the androids in the fruit farm galleries. I would enjoy that. Would that be all right with you, Commander? What? Oh, well, yes. Uh, you won't be needed until we've decided what to do. Thank you, Commander. You'll, you'll send for me when you need me. Maybe one day I'll understand him, Angel One. For the moment, all I can do is apologize for him. It is not necessary, Commander Telson. Thank you. Angel 2, condensed briefing for Commander Telson, please. The records show that Kairos was the name given under the new nomenclature system 50 years before the Challenger was built. Yes, the new system is now a million years old, Angel 2. We are in the process of revising our records, Commander. Kairos is the third planet, now the second planet from Sol. Half the size of Earth, atmospheric pressure is 1% that of Earth, no free oxygen in atmosphere. Length of year, 620 days. It appears to have a polar ice cap. A thin layer of frozen carbon dioxide, Commander. It has an interesting red hue. The soil is extremely rich in iron oxide. So why the interest, Shana? It was supporting a small colony at the time of the Challenger's departure. Maybe we'll find some sort of information about the Earth. <laughs> like we did on the Moon? Well, at least Kairos has an atmosphere. Only just. And what there is is poisonous. Well, there's enough to afford some shielding against solar radiation. We'd be able to move about on the surface with breathing cells. Perhaps we could take a couple of androids from the farm galleries to do the excavation work. Shana, what exactly are you getting at? Hmm? Well, I think we should go, go to Kairos. What? Angel 2 has calculated a chemical burn transfer orbit, and we can't use the photonic drive for such a short trip. And we go down to the surface? Well, Yes. How else could we search? We could use the Challenger's gravitational and magnetic anomaly detectors to pinpoint likely spots on the surface to start excavating. But why dig? We didn't have to on the moon. If there's no sign of past habitation on Kairos, there's no point going there. Tell him, Angel 2. Kairos is ravished by frequent sandstorms, Commander. If you look at the screen, you will see that there is a severe one in progress now. The atmosphere may be thin, but half a million years of such weather would be enough to erode or bury any man-made structures under many feet of sand. We would have to excavate on a massive scale. And what will we find? Well, we won't know the answer to that until we've looked, Telson. But we do know that there was a small colony there when the Challenger left the Earth. Therefore, it must have been a large colony by the time the Earth left the solar system. We want to find Earth. Therefore, we must follow every lead, no matter how insignificant. I don't think this... Meteoroid alert stations. Five unidentified objects located. Sector 12, bearing A9. Range 1,200,000 miles. Approach velocity 500 miles per second. 40 minutes to encounter threshold. Astra? I've located them, Commander. Five probable meteoroids, all size forward in close cluster. Annihilation or evasion options, please, Angel 2. Annihilation option closed, Commander. Total energy in their mass and velocity exceeds combined output from all our PD systems. Have you plotted the Astra? Bearing range velocity and counter threshold confirmed, Shana. We're in the observatory, Astra. We'll have to go for evasion. Do you wish to route chemical burn control to us, or will you handle? They've gone, Commander Tenson. What? Uh, I had five meteoroids located on Sector 12 visual holder, and they vanished. Uh, try your B system. I've done that, and I've switched in the C&D system. 
Astra's observations confirmed. All observable input from the meteoroid cluster has ceased. All right. So carry out a retrospective, please, Astra. Retro proceeding, Commander Telson. What do your memories have to say about that, Angel 1 and 2? We have no information, Commander Telson. Meteoroids do not disappear. My recording confirms disappearance, Telson. Disappearance of the cluster indicated on meteoroid location systems A, B, C, and D, Commander Telson. Thank you, Astra. Meteoroids that disappear? But does anyone have any theories? No? Well, maybe it's not as mysterious as an entire planet disappearing. What has Dard got to say? He's still working in the farm galleries, Telson. Well, I thought he'd buried himself away in the library again. He's been in the farm galleries for five days. Well, according to Astra, he's still there. Astra? Retro complete, Commander Telson. That meteoroid cluster definitely vanished. Yes. What's all this about Darv still working on the farm? Oh, that's right, Commander Telson. Why? Well, he says he likes it there. Well, have you tried persuading him to leave? Three times. Well, go and talk to him again. Tell him that I want to see him. Well? Four hoppers filled, George. Not enough. Have to put auxiliary on this row of apple trees. Where have you stopped work? Fort? I'm resting, George. I've been picking apples non-stop for three hours. But then you don't understand the word resting, do you? Humans. Do your jobs and do all jobs badly. You missed some. And more good. I pick 30 grade A apples in 5 seconds and 52 grade B apples. So you go now. Let my auxiliary pickers work this orchard. No, I like it here. You reduce the solar lights so that they don't ripen so fast, and I will have cleared this row in the next seven days. Too slow. Humans useless. Should be banned from the farms. They always said they like working here. They? Relaxation visits, they called them. Y- you mean people used to come here who weren't being punished? Yes. Always too many. How many? Twenty, thirty, forty. No matter how many, not as good as one android. Androids work all the time and don't talk to each other. None come now. Much better. George! Have you heard of something called the Great Meteoroid Strike? Androids never strike. Androids work all the time. Better than humans. Here's another human. Now two humans in the apple orchards. And time's back. Leave us, George. Oh, not enough work. Bad humans. Good androids. Hello, Dark. Hello, Astra. What are you picking today? Apples. Was that what they look like? I've often wondered. You could have come here any time and found out. Oh, it's not important to know what they look like. Perhaps not to you. Come and sit down for a minute. Oh, I'd better not stop work. There's a senior android that could be quite bullying about how little work I do. Please, Dove. Oh, all right, just for a few minutes. Come and sit on the grass. Right. Oh, it's lovely here. Mmm, and the smells. Mm, and it's all real. The soil, the grass, the trees, the fruit... Everything except the sky. What's the matter with your face? I noticed it yesterday. I thought it was dirt, but it's not. Phil, give me your hand. There. Oh, hairs. 
On your face. Is it so unusual? Well, of course it is. But we were all together somewhere when we saw a recording of two humanoids. A man and a woman. The woman was holding a baby, and the man's body was covered in hair. They were naked. Where did we see the recording? Oh, I know we saw it together somewhere. And there was mention of a planet. A beautiful planet found by the second generation crew. Oh, you must be mistaken, Darv. For one thing, there's no such record of the Challenger having found any such planet. And there are no holograms in the library that show naked men and women. It's something you've often commented on. Yes. Yes, I, I suppose so. Will those hairs on your face keep growing? <laughs> Do they look so ugly? I'm not sure. Why have they started growing? They're not only on my face. But, but why, Darv? Here. Have an apple. Oh, Darv, spit it out. You mustn't eat unprocessed food. Why not? They're delicious. Well, because the angels say we mustn't, that's why. You could get all sorts of illnesses. Try one. It won't bite. There's <laughs> a joke there. It's forbidden, and you know it is. Just a bite. Look, if you don't like it, you can spit it out. No. Oh, come on, Astra. A bite's not going to do you any harm. It'll taste horrible if it hasn't been processed. Astra, I promise you, they taste fantastic. Look, just one little bite from my apple. One little bite for me, please. Just one tiny bite? Yes. And I'll spit it out if it tastes horrible? Yes. It's going brown where you've bitten it. One little bite, Astra. Mm. Well? <laughs> if only you could see your expression. Oh, it's the most fantastic thing I've ever tasted. Why, it's nothing like the apple juice from the dispensers. Well, didn't I tell you? Oh, I just don't believe it. I've never tasted anything so beautiful. It's unbelievable, Darth. Which just goes to prove that the processed food the galley androids serve up is tasteless rubbish. Come on, on your feet. Oh, where are you going? You like blackcurrant juice, don't you? Well, yes. Wait until you've tasted the real thing. And, and grapes and melons, oranges, pineapples. From now on, you're eating only food that I smuggle to you. Slip the processed food down the recycling chutes. Darth, listen to me a minute. Commander Telson wants you back. Well, so you told me yesterday. We're taking the Challenger to Kairos. There was a colony there, so there's a good chance there'll be ruins or artifacts that will tell us what happened to Earth. There's also a gravitational anomaly that requires investigation. Whose idea was this? Commander Telson, I suppose. <laughs> you look surprised. Oh, there's hope for us yet. Astra, Telson is actually thinking. Yes, I'll go back. Delving into the sands of Kairos sounds like more fun than picking apples. Shuttle to Challenger. Go ahead, Astra. We're approaching atmospheric entry high gate. All touch lights at green on flight guidance modes. Heat shield spoilers locked. Darf, there are clouds down there. Could be a sandstorm. Ten seconds to burn. Closing communication channel. All lights still at green on flight guidance, Darf. I like the computer that flies this thing. Unlike Angel 1 and 2, who always want to argue and persuade. They're not computers, Darf. Oh, yes, they are, my lovely. Five, four... Three, two, one. <laughs> you see? No fuss or bother. Cooperation all the way. You try overriding its commands and see how cooperative it is then. We're losing height at 5,000 feet per minute. Ah, more lights. Fasten seat restraints for atmospheric entry. Better do as the little signs say. What 
do you suppose happens during this atmospheric entry? Oh. <laughs> Buffeting, that's what happens, my lovely. Of course you wouldn't call me that. I don't like this stuff. Oh, it's certain to get worse. They're burning up, Telson. Yes. We've sent instrument packages into thicker atmospheres than that, Shana, which have produced plasma trails ten times the length of that one. And we've lost a few instrument packages over the years. Oh, just look at it. We should never have let them go. They wanted to go. And if that gravitational anomaly means anything, well, then Darv will be the one to find out. There is little danger, Shana. The ablative heat shield tiles on the shuttle are meant to burn. As the surface of the shield breaks up, so the disintegrating particles conduct the heat away. Shuttle to Challenger. Ah, uh, hello, Astra. We're down to 50,000 feet, Commander, uh. and Darv is now getting responses from the control surfaces. We were thrown about a bit, but everything's okay. Well, you gave us some worrying pyrotechnics on your way down. We'll be below your radio horizon in three minutes. Keep the channel open and report in 70 minutes on our next orbit. I want to speak to Darv. I'm reading you, Commander. Now, remember your orders. You will not leave the shuttle until you've sent me a 360-degree TV sweep of the terrain and I give the go-ahead. You understand? Understood, Commander. And you will land 100 yards away from the epicenter of the gravitational anomaly we discovered. The guidance system is preloaded, Commander. Well, well, good luck, both of you. Out. Altitude 35,000, flight level 350. Dove, you will obey Commander Telson's orders, won't you? Forward 30, and down 5. Looking good. 60 feet to go. OK, I've set to automatic descent. Another little sign. Ground stability probe extended. Oh, our shuttle's computer thinks of everything. Down 30. Sand. I can't see a thing. And 20. Temperature 65, atmospheric pressure 1%, oxygen nil, carbon dioxide 80%, argon 10%, nitrogen 10%. Mobility wear instructions coming up. Oh, number two partial pressure suits. At least we won't have to wear those wretched space mobility things. Come on, work to do. We can't do anything until the Challenger is above the horizon. Astra, for the first time in our lives, we're about to set foot on a planet. I'm not going to wait 50 minutes for the Challenger. How does it feel to be standing on a real planet? Oh, I think I'd rather be back on the Challenger, Dove. I don't like this place at all. Look at this sand. It really is red. Let's get back into the shuttle, Dove. What's the matter? Aren't you excited? It's... I don't know. I know this sounds silly, but I can't help feeling that there's something... evil here. There's nothing but sand, sand and more sand. Now, what could be evil about that? What are you doing? Opening the stowage bay ramp. Okay, George. You can come out now. It was dark in there. Nothing grows in the dark. This place worse. No humus, no oxygen. 
Who could asking Android for miracles? You're not here to grow things, George. You and your colleagues are required to dig. And back for mechanisms. Gets everywhere. Call them all out, George, and let's not have any arguments. Ready at last. Oh, good. This, my lovely, will be the finest meal you've ever had in your life. That I promise. But what is it? Try it. Mm, delicious. Don't tell me you managed to get unprocessed food aboard the shuttle. Of course. I restocked the lockers before we left the Challenger with food I smuggled out of the farm galleries. Well, I do. Challenger to shuttle. Go ahead, Challenger. Last call before we're below your horizon again. Anything to report? Uh, the androids have excavated down 20 feet, directly above the gravitational anomaly. They'll carry on through the night. The seismic monitors indicate that they've got to go down another 50 feet through the sand before they reach rock, or whatever the anomaly is. Very good, Darv. We'll leave you to sleep and we'll call you in the morning. Good night and out. I don't think we should be eating unprocessed food, Darv. Why not? Well, maybe there was no harm in that first apple. But we've been eating it ever since, and I... Do you really think I'd let you eat it if I thought for one minute that it was dangerous? Do you, Astra? I don't know. It's just that since I started on unprocessed food, I've been feeling... Well, I don't know what it is I've been feeling, but I do know that I've been feeling different. Feelings about me? Why do you say that? I don't know. But I was watching you earlier when you were washing... And I suddenly realized that there was something beautiful about the human body. <laughs> You're crazy, Dove. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I suppose so. <laughs> a beautiful galaxy, yes, or, or a star cluster, or even a star. <laughs> but the human body. And yet, as I watched you... Well, I can tell you right now that I don't think I could ever regard your body as beautiful. <laughs> Especially now that your face is getting covered in hair. <laughs> Hmm? Don't you ever get tired of staring at that planet? It's safe enough. I wasn't thinking of them. Angel One told me you were still up. You ought to get some sleep. What the? Telson, what's the matter? Down there on the surface. Angel One, maximum resolution on camera eight. What are they? Angel One. We're tracking them, Commander Telson. Five objects in close formation, 2,000 feet above the surface. Speed, 2,000 miles per hour. They're leaving a thermal wake. But what are they? Where did they come from? We have no information, Commander Telson. The objects are unidentified and they materialized in the atmosphere. They're moving towards the Terminator. Correct. They will be into the night zone in 20 minutes. Will their flight paths take them near Darwin? present velocity and course will take them straight to Darwin, Astra, arriving at the anomaly base in three hours, ten minutes. Can we get a warning to them? Unfortunately, no, Commander. The unidentified objects will be over the anomaly base five minutes before we are above the radio horizon. Dove, wake up! Mm. Oh, what's the matter? Listen. I can't hear anything. That's just it. There's no ground vibration. The androids have stopped digging. Oh, they couldn't have dug down to whatever it is in four hours. There's enough starlight to power the image intensifier. They're in a group doing nothing. I've tried calling George up, but he's not answering. God oh, damn Temperamental things. I knew there'd be trouble taking them away from their wretched farms. We'd better take a look at them. Oh, keep the torch ahead of us. I don't understand it. 
What could cause all the androids to stop work? Darth, stop a minute. What's the matter? Can't you feel it? Feel what? There's something there. Something watching us. I can feel it. No! No, don't move. There's more than one of them. Waiting. It's your imagination. Bring the torch up very slowly. Slowly. Now, move it to the left. Whoever said that this was a dead planet if it can produce things like that? In Sands of Kairos, Part 3 of Earth Search by James Follett, Sean Arnold played Commander Telson, Amanda Murray Shana, Hayden Wood Darv, and Catherine Hurlbutt Astra. Angel 1 was played by Sonia Fraser, and Angel 2 by Gordon Reed. George was John McAndrew, and the Sentinel, Alexander John. Earth Search is directed by Glyn Dearman. <laughs>